0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Hi, guys, and welcome to On the Dark Side with FPI. I'm one of your hosts, Carol, and I'm here with my other host,
0: this Blaine. Is Blaine.
1: How is everybody? Hi, <laughs> Blaine. Our third host, unfortunately, is not here just yet, but he will be. Um, we wanted to start off by letting you guys know a little bit about us. FPI is a nonprofit organization. What we do is we take on cold cases, missing persons, human trafficking that have ties to the paranormal. Um, I myself have spent five years in college for death investigation, basic pathology, and criminal profiling. I am the scientist of the group. And Blaine... You want to give them a little bit of insight on who you are?
2: Yeah, I'm the tech guy for the team. I'm also the team's medium and uh, the sensitive for the group. Uh, I've worked cases since 1985. Uh, I got with Carol a few years back, and the first time I ever did it, a forensic investigation with with her was at Sloss Furnaces. And it was so phenomenal, the stuff she picked up while we were there uh you know that just gave precedence to what went on at that place um she did you know the whole forensics investigation of it and we found blood we found all kind of stuff that uh backed up pretty much what i was picking up on in certain spots and she scientifically prove hey this guy died here here's his blood stains um you know stuff like that, but the stuff that Carol does is phenomenal, and I think we should bring more science into the paranormal investigating because it does uh, validate a lot of the stuff that I pick up on, and it gives me verification that what I'm not what I'm seeing is not just some random stuff; it's backed up by science. So it's, I think that's pretty cool, Carol. Thank you.
1: Of course, I am I've always been a firm believer. Um. I am not psychic, sensitive, intuitive. I'm none of that. Literally, Casper would have to hit me in the back of the head with a frying pan for me to even know they're there. Um, so I unfortunately do not have those gifts. Um, FPI was actually came about when my own son was murdered. And I knew that, you know, he was there. I, being a scientist, I know that at the time of bodily death, that the human, con- the human consciousness remains. It's been scientifically proven. UCLA just concrete proved MMT, which was memory trace theory. It is not MMT anymore. It is just memory trace. Um, it has Memory has been successfully transferred from one host to another. So we know that the human consciousness remains. So I wanted to be able to give the dead back their voice, and I knew by creating an entity that could both host paranormal, forensics, and science, I knew that we were on the right path to that. Um, at first, people did not understand, and I believe that one of the first cases that we actually were brought to was sloths Yeah. And we did change history there. We did absolutely find that there was blood on the wheel because everybody hears those stories. You know, Blaine, we've heard them. How many times, Blaine, have we gone to a place and heard the story? Great Aunt Betty went to a wayward mother's house, and, you know, yeah. after they took the baby, she slit her wrist and killed herself in the bathroom. That's a really great story. But sure. we really need to be able to prove or deny that before we can prove or deny a haunting. So what we yeah. did at Sloss Furnace is it was said that one of the workers that m- haunted the main area had been ground up into the will. So what yeah. we did was we went ahead and we took Luminol. There is many different subs to Luminol. There's Luminol, Hungarian Black, Blue Star, Amino. I mean, it's it goes on and on and on. So... We went ahead, and we did pool blood. We were able to show the blood, and we were able to show the, where the blood splatter was. Now, the neat thing about this is they said the wheel was turning one way. We actually absolutely concrete proved that it was actually rotating the opposite direction. Exactly. Um, so it's really unique when you can hold merit. Um, yeah. We've been brought on. That was one of our first cases, and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. We have we've had so many cases brought to our attention. I think one of our main cases that we have been working on by far the longest is actually the Smiley Face Killer theory. Now, yep. don't confuse this with the Smiley Face Killer. Blaine, do you want to explain the difference?
2: Yeah, the Smiley Face Killer was a guy in Washington State, and he would send letters to the press and the police, tormenting them. And he'd always sign it with a little smiley face. Well, this is a whole different group. Uh, The smiley face theory, also known as the smiley face murders, uh, smiley face killings, or the smiley face gang, is a theory by advanced retired New York City detectives Kevin Gannon and Anthony Duarte and Dr. Lee Gilbertson, a criminal justice professor, at Saint Cloud College, um, they believe that 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 one or several serial killers across the Midwest would um, they dump their bodies near water or a bridge, and they always graffiti a smiley face near where their bodies were dumped. That's the theory that we're going with right now.
1: Well. The neat thing about the smiley face killer theory is we believe it to be one of the first times in history for an actual occult killing. Now, many times yeah. when we go after a case, we always look at the MO, which is motive evaparandi.
0: Yeah. So,
1: unfortunately, the motive evaparandi, if you have two or more killers, will never stay the exact same. It'll be yeah. the same, but it makes it much harder to be able to chase the one individual. So the yeah. MO has always been a smiley face somewhere near the victim. And the craziest thing about this is we know, well, we presume, let's put it that way, that our first victim, Patrick McNeil, who was 21, actually went um, missing on 1990, in 1997. Now, the bodies, this, and this is what's fascinating about this case, all the bodies steam from a 14-day period to a 40-day period. And on a lot of them, a lot of the forensics just doesn't add up, like with water dust. When they did Patrick McNeil's autopsy report, they didn't find any water in his lungs. Now, me being a mortician know that to drown, you have to have water in your lungs in order to drown. Um, yeah. There was no water whatsoever found in his lungs. He also had burn marks, almost like rope marks around his throat, his ankles, and both his wrists. We believe, and this is just after years of tracking this case, we believe that they're using what they classify as fake girls. Now, how FBI works is we'll go in and we'll get a case on our on our desk. And we'll go over the cold case. What we want to do first is we want to send our psychic in. And at that point, our psychic... Now, we don't let our psychic read our file, ever. So we'll go in and we'll let our psychic go in and see what they pick up because we want to hear directly from the deceased. There is nobody out there that can tell you what happened better than the deceased. So Blaine handles that part. And um then we go ahead and we go full CSI on the case. And, I mean, we literally take the war board to the map. We track yes. every one of the victims. We get a hold of every one of their files. Um, and I have to tell you, on this case, when I said baked girl, what we believe is there is a drug out there that is used in Cuba, and it's called the devil's breath. Now, the devil's breath, what it is, is a lot of hoodoo and voodoo people used to use it, and it's because it's tasteless, it's odorless, and it's non-detectable. So what they'll do is you don't have to drink it, you don't have to eat it, it just simply has to be blown in your face, or you have to get a little bit in your face, and it's called the zombie drug. So you will follow everything that person tells you to do, everything. Um, It's actually quite fascinating. If you guys ever want to research it, please look it up. Like I said, it is called devil's breath. But um, we noticed that with each one of these guys, there was always the last person seen by them, near them, was, A female, an unknown female, that's what we call a bait girl. In other words, the men will send these pretty little girls in to bait them. And then when they come out to help them, of course, the guys step in. So, Blaine, do you want to explain a little bit more about our victim? Blaine? Blaine? Hello?
2: Carol, looks like we're finally back. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) It it happens every time I do a, a radio show, if it's mine or somebody else's, the spirits around me always want to mess with me, and I know you've got enough stuff in your house to stop, you know, thirty podcasts.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm actually, and I know better than to take a call in here. I don't know why I do this. I um, I'm actually sitting in with the haunted items now, so. I nice. Mean, no. Yeah, what are you gonna do? Yeah. You know. But,
2: but yeah, as we were saying before. Um, they would lure their victims with these pretty young girls.
0: Oh, absolutely. And
2: and then, uh, you know, it's just like like, like it's been going on through time is bad people do bad things, and they'd lure these poor guys in there, and they'd get murdered. Like you said, they'd blow the stuff in their face, and they'd do whatever they told them, And I do like the the fact that none of them had water in their lungs. So that means they were killed somewhere else and dumped where they're at now or where they're
1: found. Exactly. Well, not only that, but, you know, and I tell people in the field this all the time, and Blaine, you know, I preach this, is, you know, you guys, I know that, you know, so many times we all see you know, some of these paranormal shows out there, and that's great. But, you know, there's so much more than just what you see. I mean, I've talked to some absolutely brilliant people in this field. And, you know, the case is, like I said, I truly believe that the dead have a voice. We just have to learn to listen. We have to learn to use what we have in our arsenal to help them solve it, to put them to rest. So, exactly. with this case right here, it's so vast. I mean, we've handled, I think one of our more famous cases we handled was absolutely the, well, it's a toss-up between the Poltergeist House, Black Hope, Curse in Texas, or the Blood House in Atlanta. One of the two.
2: I'd say the Blood House in Atlanta. you got to tell that story. That's just, <clears throat> whoa. <laughs>
1: Well, and a lot of people don't understand. Um I believe and like I said, I'm a mortician and the mortician saying is it goes in circles. Like we'll get a bunch of infant deaths and then we'll get teenager deaths and then we get older, you know, older people and then we get um elderly. And older and elderly are definitely two different things. But in it goes into a circle like that. Well, I have noticed that the paranormal field is almost the same way. We'll get an on clue of, say, the creeper, um, which I've only ran into twice in my career. So we'll get the creeper. Um, so we'll get a bunch of elementals. And then we'll get um, a ton of residential hauntings. But mm-hmm. they're more residual. And then we'll slide into the intelligence. And then... Before you know it, and I am not a person to ever word, use the, the D word because I'm a scientist, but extremely angry energy, what most people would call demonic. And we've yep. seen onslaught of these over and over and over again. And it just baffles me on how it goes into a circle like this. So
2: yeah. it's like, right like now celebrities. It a, they always come in threes. And she's right, though. We'll run into a bunch of cases where it's, it's elderly people or it's older people or there'll be a bunch of children's spirits there, a bunch of teenage spirits there. And sometimes you'll have a mix of all of them in one location, like floss furnaces.
1: Mm. Absolutely. Um, Blaine and I, I think one of our more notoriable cases was we were at Fort Morgan.
2: Oh my god. And
1: I will never forget this because I was explaining to people we did a full on investigation and what SPI does and I want to touch on this because um SPI is the type of team that we when we step onto a cold case or an unsolved homicide um we do everything CSI will. Yeah. Um we're there for that victim and for their families. Um we just happen to believe that the dead can lead us to what truly took place. I believe the dead can solve their own crimes. So as FBI started going through this, we began to notice that a lot of times when we step onto a case, you know, you get that feeling of, you know, you're just not alone. And like I said, I'm a scientist, so it takes a lot to convince me. <laughs> but I have had some things that have just blown my mind. We were at Fort Morgan, and I was telling them, I, after the group had investigated, um, we were getting ready for the next day. So I was informing everybody what took place at the end of the night so they could match what the history was to their EVPs and stuff that they had caught. We were standing in what they would call back then the children's nursery area, and all of a sudden, um, I say, and this is where they took care of the babies, and we heard the loudest disembodied voice I have ever heard in my life, and we literally heard a baby cry. It was Um, so loud that it echoed off the walls. It did. It did. Um. And what FPI does is we actually teach for free. Um, We teach people how to incorporate forensic science and science into their cases. And the reason we do this is, you know, we're a big believer that in this field, we have to incorporate the forensics. We have to get people out there using science because if this field is going to step forward, and an ongoing forward progress, then we have to change it, it's stifled right now. So we actually come and teach teams for free how to do the whole forensics and the science part of cases because to us, it doesn't matter if somebody's been in the field two days that breaks it right open for all of us or 30 years because it benefits the whole field. So we have always been that way And, Blaine, I hate to do this, but I do have to take a minute. Um, As everybody out there that sees on my Facebook knows, I actually do. I help get casting calls out for um, Haunted Hospital, Paranormal 911, uh, the item show, Paranormal Revenge. So the creators of Haunted Hospital have a new show. It is about haunted items. We are looking... For somebody who has items in the paranormal field that lives in Nova Scotia or B.C. So if you're in British Columbia or Nova Scotia, um, please reach out to me so I can get you that information. It is as well on my wall. Um, There's a lot of great paranormal shows coming up this year. And I'm hoping that we can get a lot of people that have worked so hard in this field onto them because I think it's important that everybody's voice be heard. But that's my two-minute shame plug right there, you guys. So please hit me up. I would love to help you get on an episode. Um, and I'd love to connect you with the producers
2: yep and, right. and I can tell you for a matter of fact me and Carol filmed an episode for one of these shows a couple of weeks ago
0: and yes, I tell you the,
2: the the cast and crew that were there were just phenomenal. They took care of us um, they gave us a nice hotel to stay in. they fed us and they're first class and uh, they love what they're doing. And you could tell when we filmed that they love what they're doing. The whole cast and the crew was just phenomenal.
1: Absolutely. They are by far just hands down one of the best. So hit us up on either Blaine's wall or my wall, and you'll see the post for it. Um, We'd be happy to introduce you to them if you guys have a great object or even a great, you know, story of a haunted hospital story. Um, We'd be glad to put you in contact with them.
2: Exactly.
1: Not only that, but we do have some casting calls going out in Atlanta, Georgia for some pretty big name movies, so keep your eyes and ears right here because we will be posting them out there um, for you guys as soon as we get them in.
2: Exactly.
1: So, back to the... Smiley face killer theory. So, Glenn, what is your take yes, on I'm, this? Um, <clears throat>
2: my take on this is I, I don't think it's just one serial killer doing it. I think it is a group of them, and they communicate with each other, either through the black web or old school. They mail each other, and I think they get their rocks off, looking at what other serial killers are doing, exactly the same thing that they're doing. It's like they got their own little club, like
1: they're the Kiwanis Club
2: or something of killers.
1: Right. It's amazing. Well, you know, the fascinating thing is the mental mindset behind this. Yeah. Now, we do know that because of some of the ligature marks and markings on the bodies of the individual's, that I believe after profiling this case and going over it for so long, I do believe that it is an occult killing. Yes. Um, I do believe that it is not one person. I believe that it's many different people within the occult, maybe, you know, rituals to join the occult. Um, But it is definitely... The first time in history that I personally have seen a group of serial killers with the same M.O. Yeah. It's actually quite fascinating.
2: It is very fascinating. And what fascinates me and and scares the hell of me at the same time is there's a network that they have that they're
1: using. Correct.
0: And it all seems
1: to run down the corridor of the highway. Yeah. And the fascinating thing is the same corridor that they're using, Blaine, is the exact same corridor that's being used in human trafficking.
2: Yes. And it makes me wonder sometimes if they're not part of the same network, pedophile network, because they had something – on that, I wanted to bring up, too, that they had a pedophile network going through the southeast um, that they would use, like, smiley face emojis and different things for what kind of victim they wanted. If it was Absolutely. a boy, it was this certain thing. If it, was, if it was something else, it was a boy from this age to this age. Or a little uh, girl. I, 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 well, we, well, they we, used a lot of the we same we, things. But like she said, I wonder if if they might not be connected. They get tired of using up the little kids for a while, and they got to get rid of them. Well, this is the thing. What better way than have a network? Just, you know, send them off to somebody else. Sell them off. They get tired of it. Just kill them.
1: This is the thing, though. Most serial killers have, and this is, well, all serial killers. Let me rephrase that. All serial killers. And for you that are listening, I encourage you to Google. Um, just use Google, it's called the M-O-A-O gene. What it is is every serial killer has that gene. And what I'm wondering is maybe because the occult, maybe if the head occult leader has the M-O-M-A gene, that his followers would be following behind. Now, we just got a case here um, two days ago. No, I'm sorry, three days ago that actually involves another occult killing. Um, You know, it's actually fascinating when you think about it to see the mindset of the individuals that join these occults. The problem we're having right now is simply that there's there's some, uh, let me tell you, Blaine, I have met some of the greatest, and I mean greatest, um, investigators through doing casting calls and through doing the, um, the calls for the Hollywood entertainment news spotlight on the paranormal. I was yep. hoping Kayla would call in, but she hasn't yet, but such a beautiful mind. This woman is brilliant. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I have met so many really good paranormal investigators out there. And it just blows my mind some of the evidence that they're bringing to this field today. Um, And some of them do actually incorporate science, which is a wonderful situation. Oh, yeah. So it gives me a lot of hope because there are just some really great teams out there.
2: That I agree with. We have met a lot of great teams, and we all share information with each other. That's Absolutely. how we all learn. If I teach you something new and you teach me something new, we both know something new. Now we can take what we learned from each other and pass it on to someone else.
1: Absolutely. Um, you know, there's so many bad cases out there and we encourage anybody um, to you know, if you want to learn to do forensics in the paranormal, we do not charge you to teach you. No. At all. Um, Reach out to us, you know. I know that we have actually, and this was going to be a surprise, but a friend of mine, a very good friend of mine, actually, um, is a producer of movies. And such a great guy. Him and his wife are just wonderful, wonderful people. And we're actually going to try to obtain the Blair witch cave for just people to come. And what it is, is we, it's not like you don't pay to go. Um, If you want to donate to the movie, we encourage that because they do a lot of really good movies on human trafficking and they bring a lot of hard hitting stuff to the table. And that's where our passion really lies is to help these individuals whose lives have been taken because we know that these people can absolutely solve their own crimes. Yes. So we are trying to get that um, going. So we have that and that will be on our Facebook wall too. So we have a lot of stuff going on, but we are more than happy to reach out and teach Anybody, science and forensic science, along with the paranormal.
2: Yes. And so, I'll also put this out there. Any, any sensitive or medium that needs help with anything, they can always get me on my Facebook page. Because yes. when I grew up, I, I've been a medium since I can remember. I've always seen or heard spirits. And I know as a child it was very disturbing to me because I thought everybody did. And I love helping other mediums, any psychics, uh, intuitives. Network with me, um, because I have no problem helping you out, and teaching you different things you might not know, and you might teach me some things I don't know, and we just all make each other better because of it. Make better investigations with with the science side, side and the uh, the the paranormal side. It's it's a win-win either way.
1: Absolutely. Um, We will be going over. I know this is our first show. So I kind of want you guys to know who we are. Um, So, but we will be hitting hard cases. We've done some very famous cases. Um, We have been bestowed the honor of being able to go through the Kurt Cobain case. The last time we did a podcast on the Kurt Cobain case, we blew the bandwidth twice wow um i can I can absolutely tell you, as a death investigator and a forensic scientist, it was absolutely not suicide. Um, I know how to read a death certificate. Um I am a mortician as we speak that's what I do for a living. Now. So I can guarantee you it is absolutely not and I will stand by this not a suicide. No. We it will was be going not. over cases like that. We will be walking you through every aspect of the case. Um so we have that one, we have the Marilyn Monroe which was another case that we had stepped on, uh, stepped into, sorry. We have, um, we have done cases that most people would not have the opportunity to do. Um, The Black Hope Curse, which was 100% the original poltergeist. It was an amazing case. Got a case in that same area that's acting about the same. So, we plan on heading down there in June or July, and we will be going live. Um, so I do hope that you guys are able to join us on some of these cases. We would love for you guys to be our eyes in places that we can't be. A lot of times right. when, we do, when we do investigations, um, the person that's watching it will catch something that we may not catch. And at that point in time, we encourage you to ring in and say, look there is something over whether it be the left-hand corner or did you see something in the right-hand corner? All that does is helps us out. Exactly. And we would love to have you guys go with us on some of these investigations.
2: Exactly.
1: Um, We have some great ones coming up. We have a old hospital in Florida, and then we have two lighthouses. Um, both with tragic events tied to them. So we plan on doing a lot this year, and we're really hoping that you guys would be able to join us.
2: Yes, and we will be broadcasting those live on YouTube Live and Facebook Live. Um, Correct. We're working on right now getting um, some very good uh, DVR cameras, um, and once we have those in place, I, I want to do at least 16 cameras or at least 10 at the least where you guys can watch live and tell us, Hey, did you guys see this? Cause we might be in another room or another part of the building and you see something on the camera. Please let us know. You, know,
1: Blank, you just gave me a great idea. You know what, Blaine? I think well, that okay. we should take, I think each time we do an investigation, that we should do a drawing on our radio show and take one team with us.
2: Let's do that.
1: I think that would be so much fun.
2: I think it would be a blast because we get to learn from them, they get to learn from us, and we have a great investigation. We get a lot of scientific uh, um, evidence. We get the paranormal evidence. I think that would be a wonderful idea.
1: I think it's a good idea, too. Um, And like I said, I understand that um, we're new. This is our first show here. But we do have a lot of cases. Please do not hesitate to call in. Um, We do not think that any theory is a bad theory. There is no wrong or right answers in the paranormal. You know, you may say something that we haven't thought about. And so, of course, we value your opinion. Should've. Um, we want this to not just be our show, but to be for your guys' voices as well. Exactly. So, we really want this to be kind of the people's show. I like that. But, and well, I, just yep, I just got a text. Yes, I just got a text. I mean, Blaine, I just got a text. Um... From our teammate Jeff he will not be making it
0: well, send
1: yeah he had he had to take care of something and like I said I wish KO would have called in that's another great team member of ours
2: yes if you guys want to do me a favor I need all my prayer warriors and my spiritual warriors to send Jeff all the prayers and healing you can he, he is a great person a great investigator. He's a musician, and the guy is just—he's a wonderful human being. So I well, you know that's all. I-
1: he's actually an exorcist. Yes. So he normally battles the things that I will wave to you outside the window on. Um, like I keep telling everybody, I am a scientist, which means if, if there's anything nasty, I am not going. I will root you on from the window. Because I'm not going to be able to do anything but spray it with luminol, which is probably just going to anger it. So I'm going to let, I let those people take care of those things, you know. I'm here for the physical evidence.
2: Yeah, me and Jeff are both spiritual warriors. So, yeah, we both had our cases where we've had to get rid of the bad, nasty spirits out of people's houses and businesses. and, And it's something that we didn't ask for. It's just something that was bestowed on us. And we're good at what we do.
0: Absolutely. Gave so us a
2: higher power gave us what we needed to do to fight these things.
1: Absolutely, we um absolutely have some great cases. I hope you guys hang in there with us. Um, like I said, this is more of an introduction, just to let you know we do use everything that CSI uses into the field of the paranormal along with science. Um, so we definitely do things much differently than any other team does. Um, I know yeah. there's a lot of great teams out there, but we wanted to just absolutely um, thank you guys for you guys that have been here. We want to thank you first off for coming and listening to our first show. Like I said, we do have several casting calls going out. Um, and it if you guys have never filmed before with these guys, it is so much fun. Yeah, it's literally. not high stress. It's, they want you to be you, which they're such a great organization. And yeah. it's so easy to be you. And they don't. Like, if your beliefs are one way, they're not going to try to send you to a different belief. Um, Very open, very welcoming thing. And um, they have had some really great shows. Paranormal 911 is a really good show. Haunted Hospital is another great show. Um, Cleared for Chaos, Paranormal Night Shift. So they're very well-known in the paranormal field, and they have two brand-new shows hitting right now. And if you're a musician and not really into the paranormal, that's okay, too, because they do do all phases of TV production. So if one of them doesn't fit your criteria, believe me, they have something that will. And you cannot get a better... You, you just can't get a better production company.
2: No. Hey, can I brag on you for a minute, Carol? No.
1: Okay, go ahead. Please. <laughs> All
2: right, this is something cool. When we were getting ready to film our episodes, we were outside with some other people that were filming their episodes as well, waiting to get into film. Well, one of the haunted objects I had brought down with me was an old uh, Tonka crane probably made in the late seven, uh I mean, late 60s, early 70s. And Carol was showing these other investigators before we filmed, she sprayed luminol on that truck, and it drew blood. It showed blood. Uh-huh. And the look on the faces of the other investigators that were getting ready to film, they were all just, everyone, like like somebody slapped their mama or something because all the cameras were out. And they filmed it. I've actually got a copy of it. If anybody wants to see it, I'll I'll, I'll be glad to share it. But I thought that was pretty cool. that, That truck I found at an old hospital up in Tennessee. And it actually had blood on it. And see, what Carol didn't know was the backstory of this truck. The little boy that owned the truck was in a car accident. When they brought him in, he had the truck on him.
1: Oh well. Yeah, yeah. I don't like to be told anything about if the person committed suicide in a room. I don't want to be told yeah. one of the well-known cases that I'm I'm well known for is um St. Albans Sanatorium. If you guys have not been to St. Albans and visited Marcel, it is a bucket list place. Bucket list place. That place has so much activity to it. It insanity I'll never forget we were walking through the children's hall and this was when it was Jay Grant me Johnny Zaffis Bruce Tango well the tangos both tangos and Steve and we were walking through and all of a sudden um, me and this this friend of mine Chris who bless his heart has passed away he was with the paranormal after party Um, we were walking through and I seen this shadow that almost looked like dog size. And of course this thing started getting closer and I always rode with my canine. So bear was there and Chris was there and Chris is a little person. He was the most fun I've ever had with a person in my life. Chris was just the bomb. So anyways, this thing started coming towards us and making like this clicking noise. And, of course, my body is saying run, but my brain is like, okay, I need to figure what this thing is out. So I'm standing there, and I turn around, and both my dog and Chris left me high and dry. They took (laughs) off on me. And I'm still sitting there thinking, I really need to run. And I just was, like, more curious about what this thing was. Well, all of a sudden, this thing scurvied up the wall and onto the ceiling, and it almost looked. I, I don't even know how to describe this thing. Its arms almost looked like it had knees on it. So its arms looked like legs almost. And it kind of crawled on all four and its head was kind of contorted. And it had this contorted face to it. And it made this growl click noise that I will never forget. And as soon as this thing ran up the wall, well, scrubbed up the wall, And halfway onto the ceiling, the only thing my brain could think of is, you know, I cannot outrun this thing. I can't outrun this thing. It can climb walls. So I think I took like two or three steps back and then vaulted. There is no shame. When in doubt, get out. Because I don't know what this thing was going to do to me. But that was the Gina Hall case. We were there. And the story of the Gina Hall was that she was, she was an unsolved homicide case. She was a missing person, presumed dead. So we went and we had several EVPs that had told us, you know, she was killed in the boiler room, killed in the boiler room. And this isn't one or two EVPs. This was many, many, many EVPs over many years. So we went down and because of the substrate, I went ahead and used Hungarian red, which is a dying agent. Marcel knew she was fine with it. We actually pulled the blood pool and we followed the drag marks out the back door. Now, there was about 40 people in the room with me when I had did this. Um, oh, wow. We had found that they had discovered her bone, her remains, and we do know that She was killed by the guy whose dad literally owned St. Albans sanatorium. So with the blood there, we were able to decap it. And what decapping does is it'll tell you if it's actually human or animal blood. When we decapped it, it was 100% human. Now DNA has not caught up to where I would like it to be. I mean, it's there. It just hasn't caught up. So we were not able to test if it was hers or not, Um, but only a month or a month and a half after they did find her skeletal remains. Oh, wow. But if she would not have led us there with EVPs, we would have never performed the forensic, which would have never have solved the case. So that's what I mean by we go... That's what I mean by we say we use CSI meet the paranormal. Because if you think about it, if say you go into any building with an unsolved or a homicide or whatever the case may be. Well, if you're getting EVPs of a name over and over and over again or a location over and over and over again, and you come up with the concrete forensics evidence to prove that, yes, the EVPs are coinciding with the history of the place and the forensics, that is evidence that nobody can rip apart. Anybody can rip apart the paranormal field because it's not known as a science, but you cannot rip apart forensic science. So when you add the two together, it actually has solved quite a few cases. That's what I mean by I say I believe the dead speak.
2: Yeah, and I agree with her on that one.
1: Not to mention Um, I'm a mortician, and believe me, I have seen it firsthand. (laughs) I have seen it.
2: You've seen some stuff. I could write a.
1: Wow. (laughs) Yeah, I could write a book called "Tales from the Mortuary." I am telling you, it has been insanity, insanity. We had a baby. Oh my gosh. That was approximately, he had a very, very rare brain disease. Um, so we did an autopsy on the brain because, of course, the first and foremost thing is to find out how to stop the stemming disease in children. Um, so, and when we get him back from the coroner, I know this sounds completely disgusting. I'm sorry. But their organs come almost like in a little hefty bag because we have to weigh those organs out. So she brought him out after the autopsy, and he was dressed in his beautiful little blue blanket and a little, you know, blue hat on, and she was holding him. Now, mind you, this infant was dead for five days. He did not have any lungs. He did not. I was holding his organ, and he was so tiny that we were waiting to call um, the fire station to bring us a car seat because he literally would not have fit on the gurney. He would have slid, slid out. And all of a sudden, this baby opened its eyes and cried. And I don't mean a wham. I am talking a full-on baby-hungry cry. Now, I dropped the organs because I'm sorry, but, yeah, it scared the bejesus out of me. Um, I wasn't sure if the medical examiner was going to throw the baby or what. I opted to leave the baby with her. (laughs) And send another body technician out to pick up the baby because if it would have opened its eyes and cried in a car seat in my car, I would have wrecked. Yes, so, you would have. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I'm a firm believer on this stuff. I've seen it. It has been the craziest stuff I've ever lived through. I've never really been terrified. It's more of a shock to the system. Well, so, Blaine, what was one of you your
2: hold-
1: scariest things?
2: Oh, my gosh. It wasn't scary to me, but it scared a lot of people. Again, at Sloss Furnaces, we have a a lady that's standing next to me. She's taking pictures with a digital camera. Well, we started doing a ghost box. We were actually doing a ghost box session in the wheel room where that man had died. And mm-hmm. uh, she's standing right next to me. i watched watch her take her camera, put the batteries, took the old batteries out, was about to put in new batteries, never got into the camera. I watched her camera go from about an inch thick to about four inches thick, and it sounded like a shotgun blast. I immediately grabbed the camera from her, and I'm doing inspections on it. I'm looking, you know, because it's got screws holding together. I'm making sure there's no stress or anything on the camera. It just exploded and went back to normal. John Zaffis looked at it. Patrick Burns looked at it. And Chris Fleming looked at it. We took it outside to a better lighted area, and we all had flashlights on it in this well-lit area. There was not (laughs) one fracture or structure at all on this camera. It was the coolest and weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life because I actually got to witness it go from one inch to three inches in about a half a second. But that was one of the most coolest things. Besides the baby crying down at Fort Morgan with with Carol, that was pretty cool.
1: Well, and I always explain to people this way. The first law in science is energy cannot be recreated or destroyed. It can only change from one form to another form. That's scientifically exactly. proven. You cannot argue that. Now, nope, we, do know, even we do know for a fact that when... The, the body dies, which in science we call bodily death. Um, you guys just call die. Um, so when after, at the minute of bodily death, we do know that the human consciousness implodes into the atmosphere surrounding us, kind of like mixing two frog DNAs together. Yep. And depending on what's in that line of that energy disbursement, it could be an object, could be a person, it could be an area. Yeah. So with that energy embedding itself into that is what we believe is the human consciousness, a.k.a. what you guys call an intelligent haunting. Yes. Um. So we, and that's what's nice about FPI is, me being a scientist, I'm always looking for the scientific outlook on this. Blaine, with him being a medium, he can hear C. Um, Jeff, with him being an exorcist, um, he's so good. And then we have K K who is a ex-law enforcement officer. So um, we do have Matt and Lee, but Matt is military. So, he's always trying to figure things out along with my husband. Um, Yes. So, we never just jump straight into anything. My husband, I call my husband the biggest debunker out there. Um, But there's some things that a lot of times just can't be debunked. And if you think about it scientifically and take away all the words from, you know, the paranormal field in science, it's not that we don't have the same idealistic things. It's the situation at hand that we just term and term, have our terminology is so vast and so different that what most people call spirit, we call energy. What most yeah. people call bright white light, we call a death flash. Yeah. Um It's basically the same thing. It's just that we have to learn how to talk each other's language. And it's not the paranormal field. It really isn't. The paranormal field, they're open-minded. They're ready to be like, well, yeah, that makes sense. The science field is where the problem is. And that's because we're extremely bullheaded people. You know, it is what it is and that's it. But at the same time, Science is forever evolving. Just like I know everybody's heard this, and if you haven't heard it, thank Mother Nature for 2020 and 2022 because she has officially brought us zombies. I am not joking. I am not lying. They have created, and I saw on my wall, they have taken a serum and they can put it through a decapitated person's head. And that person will have all the thoughts, the movements, and everything that you have when you're alive. It's on my wall.
0: Um,
1: It's extremely terrifying, to tell you the truth, because when science starts creating zombies, there is a real problem. (laughs) Um, So between 2020, we ended up with, you know, killer virus. So we got outbreak. The movie outbreak, this is all within a couple of years. We got the movie outbreak. We got killer hornets. Killer. They actually named them murder hornets. Yeah. yeah. That happened. And now we have tarantulas applying. if nobody's seen this, go to my wall. This is a real thing. A real thing. I don't like spiders as it is, but now we have flying tarantulas. Okay? We have worms. That can kill you. A worm that can kill you, and now we have zombies. So everybody, thank Mother Nature, and uh, whoever pissed her off, please say I'm sorry because I really want to be ungrounded right now.
2: Yeah, no doubt.
1: So, but it's just fascinating if you think about it how things are evolving. And I see so much of it in the paranormal field evolve as well. I have seen people out there, and actually I forget who it was, but I've talked to this young woman that's been in the field, I think, a year, maybe a little over a year. Um, Do not remember her name. But her way of investigating blew my mind. And I've been doing this for 24 years. It was just so brilliantly thought out. And, you know, I asked her, I said, well, did you learn this off of one of the paranormal shows? And her answer to me is, I never watched a paranormal show. Okay. You know, it just fascinates me. Um, she said that she was laying in bed. They had bought a house. And she had seen this little girl, like, literally running around her bed. And ever since then, she wanted to find out exactly what was going on. Um, it seemed that the whole house had seen the little girl. But it was just blew my mind on the leaps and bounds that the paranormal field is taking now.
2: Yes, I agree. I mean, some of the new stuff that they're coming out with tech-wise is phenomenal on how accurate it's starting to work. And then you got the science base behind it. A lot of these people are logical people like myself and Carol. Both of us are scientific minded. You know, I'm an IT guy. So, you know, I know X's and Zeros and ones, Zeros and ones. But I'm the type of person, even being an empath medium, I still want to see if I can debunk a lot of the stuff that we do. But a lot of stuff I can't explain myself. It's, it's, there's no logical explanation for it. It shouldn't physically happen, but it does.
1: Absolutely. I mean, we just, you know, I'm just, I'm so proud to actually have the field stepping up to where it steps. Um, you guys, I actually um, want to thank you once again for stopping by.
0: Yes, we do.
1: And please, Do not hesitate um, to reach out to us. We have a lot of great casting calls, and I am going to actually block the casting call once again for you. Lay, if you could take it off my wall and share it, that would be awesome. Um, Right now, the creators of Haunted Hospital, if you have not watched it, check it out. It's amazing. Yes, it Um, is. I have actually created two new shows. One is for haunted items. Now, this isn't an item. They don't want to keep your item. So, this isn't one of those shows where you're like, yeah, they're going to take my item. They are not going to take your item. Um, I have not seen anybody not go home with their item. So, um, please reach out to one of us so we can put you in contact. For... um, BC, please, if there's anybody out on our Facebook or our, our listening area, please, if you know anybody in British Columbia, please contact them and tell them they are actively searching for items and to go on my wall so I can connect them to the producers. Yep. We also have casting calls um for a ton. Of movies coming in and if you don't think you can do a movie you know take a breath because you can there is people that get into movies all the time background actors um, yep. never cut yourself short always take that chance because you don't know where it's gonna lead you exactly so thank you guys for tuning in um, we will actually dive headfirst into an actual cold case, paranormal cold case next week. Thank you for coming on and listening to who we are and how we do things. And anybody who would like to give us any input, or if there is a case out there you would like us to dive into it, or if you have a case that you would like to come on and talk about, we would love to have you.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Carol, tell them what your Facebook page is.
1: FPI Unsolved is where you can find me.
2: And mine's going to be under Blaine Rohan. So if you guys want to friend me or friend Carol, be our guest. We love talking to you. If you got anything that you want to talk about, paranormal, non-paranormal, we're here to listen as well.
1: Do you guys have any cases that you're doing that you would like to come on and talk about? Reach out to us. We'd love to have you.
2: Exactly. Well, Carol, until um, next you. week.
1: Until next week, Blaine, and thank you. And everybody, if you could keep your prayers out there for Jeff Leeper, um, yes, we'd see. really appreciate it. Hopefully, he'll be here next week. He actually worked for TAPS for many, many, many years. So, yep. Blaine, and next week, brother. All right, Carol. Thank you, everybody, for listening.
2: Carol, when we get off, let me call you about something.
1: Okay, you got it. Everybody, thank you for tuning in to On the Dark Side with FPI.